God is good, and all the time, give him another hand clap of praise. (coughs) Praise the Lord, hallelujah. We're going to start a uh, study this evening that uh, we'll be on for a, uh, a little while, and I... I think something that this world needs right now uh, more because we've seemed to lost so much of it. Uh, I'm going to start off uh, by reading something to you uh, that uh, some of you may have saw saw this uh, on the internet because it was posted uh, a couple years back. And I saved it when I saw it. I said, I'll make use of that. But uh, it's called The Death of Common Sense. Uh, There's not much of that around anymore. And this is what this reads like. And I want to welcome those that's coming online right now uh, to our Wednesday night study. Today we are mourning the passing of a beloved old friend common sense, who has been with us for many years. No one knows for sure how old he was since his birth records were long ago lost in bureaucratic red tape. He would be remembered as having cultivated such valuable lessons as knowing when to come out of the rain and while the early bird gets the worm. Life isn't always fair, and maybe it was, was my fault. Common sense lived by simple, sound financial policies. One being, don't spend more than you can earn. Amen. And reliable strategies that adults are in, in charge, not children. His health began to deteriorate rapidly, when well-intended but overbearing regulations were set in place. There were been reports of an eight-year-old boy who was charged with sexual harassment for kissing a classmate on the cheek. Teens suspended from school for using mouthwatch after lunch, and a teacher fired for reprimanding an unruly student uh, only worsened uh, common sense's condition. Common sense lost ground when parents attacked teachers for doing the job that they themselves had failed to do and disciplined their unruly children. It declined even further when schools were required to get parental consent to administer sun lotion or an aspirin to a student but could not inform parents when a student became pregnant and wanted to have an abortion. Now, these are facts. This is going on. Common sense lost the will to live as the churches became businesses and criminals received better treatment than their victims. Common sense took a beating when you couldn't defend yourself from a burglar in your own home and the burglar could sue you for assault. Common sense finally gave up the will to live 
after one woman failed to realize that a steaming cup of hot coffee was hot and she spilled some in her lap and was promptly awarded a huge settlement by McDonald's. Common sense was preceded in death by his parents, truth and trust, his wife, discretion, his daughter, responsibility, and his son, reason. Common sense has survived by four stepbrothers. I know my rights. I want my rights. I want it now. I'm a victim. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, having said that, common sense, according to the Scripture, is called just plain, simple wisdom. Wisdom. And we're going to be talking about uh, the seven pillars of wisdom. Seven pillars of wisdom. We all recognize and know that a pillar or column is something that, I, uh, that holds up the structure of a building, a house. And uh, we're going to talk about these seven pillars and what they are. But first I want to take you to Proverbs chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 5 through 9. Notice what Proverbs says here. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not. We're talking about wisdom here now. And she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Uh, that guy following you tonight didn't have much understanding, did he? <laughs> Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou doest embrace her. She shall give to thy head an ointment of grace, a crown of glory, shall she deliver to thee. <coughs> so from that, we understand the necessity of wisdom. And by the way, the book of Proverbs is a book that you need to read all the time. I, I picked up something from Brother Billy's shoulders years ago. Uh, of course, it's not the only thing he reads. But he made a statement, and this was, we went over there for a while. Um, we attended FAC for about two years uh, when, right before I got into pastor, before we moved to, uh, uh, to Kentucky. And uh, I, Brother, uh, Brother Shoulders, he, he constantly reads the book of Proverbs. He reads so much every morning. He reads through the whole book, and then he, he cycles, continues. Uh, there's a lot of good things in the book of Proverbs, and it talks about wisdom, uh, and it's something 
that we all need to pick up the precepts of. Okay, having said that, and we understand the importance of wisdom, the importance of understanding, uh, and that we, we need it, Job 28 and 12, uh, Job says this, But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? If we, if we see the importance of having wisdom, where can we find that? How do we uh, achieve that? Well, the foundation of the house of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 9 and 10, and I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that'll be on your screen. Proverbs 9 and 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So, the foundation of the house of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. That's where it all begins. That's what we have to begin at. Is, and that word fear there does not mean that you are going to shake in your boots and you're afraid to approach God. But right, what, we're, what we're talking about is reverence right there. Reverence in God. Hallelujah. One does not finally reach the Lord through much study and acquisition of learning uh, there's a lot of people got a lot of book knowledge, but they don't have no common sense. Amen. Uh, and we we need we need both. You can have all. There's a lot of people got knowledge, but they don't have the wisdom to how to use it. Amen. Think about that for a moment. Just think about that for a moment. The fear of the Lord is the very beginning of wisdom. Then. Erected upon this foundation and supporting all the superstructure of the house of wisdom are seven mighty pillars or columns. Proverbs 9 and 1. Here we go. Here's where I get the seven pillars. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven Pillars. So, what are these seven pillars of the house of wisdom? The answer seems to be found in the New Testament book, book of wisdom, which is the book of James. And I want you to notice James chapter 3 and verse 17. Let's read James uh, 17. But the wisdom that, that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits. The good fruits goes with the mercy, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Within that verse of Scripture is the seven, makes up the seven pillars that the house of wisdom uh, stands on. Now, we're going we're gonna to talk about that very first pillar tonight, and I won't get to 
go beyond that. But, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. What do we mean by that? What, when, uh, what you talking about pure? I want to read some other translations, and they won't be on the screen, but I'm gonna, I got them printed here on my, in my notes. The Passion Translation. But the wisdom from above is always pure. Looking again, the English Standard Version. But the wisdom from above is first pure. So we're still on that word pure. Now let's look at the Amplified Version, Darlene's favorite version. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure, and then out beside it, it's got in parentheses, undefiled. So we're beginning to get a definition of what the Bible means by purity here, undefiled. Uh, J.B. Phillips' translation says the wisdom that comes from God is first utterly pure. So, what we're talking about, uh, talking about this purity, literally to be chaste, sanctified, pure from all that is earthly, sensual, uh, and, uh, and worldly. <coughs> and we'll put up the picture of the uh, pillows next. If you'll see the first Pillow, so we're going to call that purity, holiness, or sanctification. That is one of the first pillars of the house uh, of wisdom. And sanctification and holiness is not something that people like to talk about nowadays. They don't understand the importance of it. <coughs> but <coughs> if we are going to build this house of wisdom, the first pillar to that house is sanctification. Um, i just tell you up front, folks, God does care how you and I live. He cares how we live. He cares how we walk daily, how we present ourselves in the world. Uh, I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to read verses 25 through 27. Listen to this. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he, may, he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. Oh, hallelujah. That he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Folks, that's one of the pillars that holds this thing up. It's one of the pillars, sanctification that he might sanctify and cleanse it 
with the washing of the water by the word. This is how we receive our cleansing. As we're out, I mean, you know, and we work, and, and they're telling people, I mean, one of the best things you can do to protect yourself from viruses and stuff, amen, is to wash your hands. Use hand sanitizer. That's, that's important. And we as Christians, Paula, we get out into the world and live daily. We get a blessing from God on Sundays and when we come to the house of God. But when we get out in the world, we liable to get defiled some kind of way. None of us is above that. Hello? I mean, if I said, hey, you know, I washed my hands last week. <laughs> and, and, and the southern boy said, I'll take, I'll take a bath every Saturday night where I need one or not. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, if you do anything at all, you're going you're gonna to get your hands defiled. And we get cleansed with the washing. Of, it's a spiritual thing there. The washing of the water by the word of God. When you take in the word of God, it cleanses you. It helps keep you sanctified, holy, ready to meet the Lord. Now, for those who are taking notes, write this down. Somebody asked a question, how does sanctification come? Sanctification is instantaneous and it's also ongoing. The Bible says that we repent and are baptized for the remission of sins. Amen? Well, when you come to the altar and you come and you get right with the Lord, it don't matter what you've done in your life, and you ask God to forgive you and you mean that in your heart, he's going to cleanse you. And after you get up from the altar and you baptize, you're born again, you have been sanctified. You've been born again. You're not the same person. You're sanctified. But just like I, I, I took a bath today, but I'm going to be taking another one tomorrow. Yeah, I shower every day. You know, I'm not going to say, well, you know, I mean, I, I, maybe, uh, maybe six month, every six months would be okay. Uh, I don't think Darlene will want to live with me. I don't think probably you would probably bypass, bypass me when I come to church if I only shower once in six months. Hallelujah. I'm kind of... <laughs> I am kind of kind of like uh, Clint Eastwood when he when he told that sergeant on on Dirty Harry when the sergeant was getting on to him and uh, he said sergeant I got one thing to say to you what's that uh, what's it called Callahan what's that Callahan your mouthwash ain't making it <laughs> Hallelujah we. Have we have to continuously be cleansed. So going back to the picture of the columns there, sanctification. Uh, sanctification was instantaneous when you was born again, but it's also on- ongoing. And uh, it's a constant work. 
and Jesus is trying to sanctify us and to cleanse us, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Um, that's what it's going to take, exactly what it's going to take. Now, I've got a couple other uh, columns named up here you can see, but we're not going to be able to get to them because we're at our closing time. But we're going to, one by one, talk about these, what are these seven pillars in the house of wisdom and uh, how do we get that house of wisdom uh, built. Let's all stand together. Appreciate everybody we do that's come out. Of, it's a sacrifice to come on Wednesday night, and I know that God will bless those who make that sacrifice.